Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's fucking delightful. Fucking delightful. Fucking good combination playing. Sliding balls into space. Good. Excellent. The other one the fucking roll. Hello and welcome to the Roker for not quite a podcast podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. I'm Brett Milton Keynes and I am joined by Malk in the spare room in Peterborough. Malk, how are you doing, mate? Good evening, Brett. I'm very well, thanks. Um, all the better for drawing a line under Saturday and moving on to a Tuesday evening. So, so yeah, I'm well, thank you. Hope you are too. I'm very good, thank you. And as you just uh, highlighted there, it is just, well, it's just gone full time at the LNER Stadium and uh, we're quickly picking the bones out of Lincoln 1, Sunderland 2. Um, and as Mal, as you said there, so after Saturday's performance, and we're not going to drone on about it anymore, it's, it's done. But no matter what you thought about the pizza trophy, I think we really needed to get a win today just to get us back on track again um, after Saturday's performance. Yeah, I would agree, Brett. I mean, it's it's a pain in the arse having all the extra fixtures. You know, people say that, is it worth getting to Wembley and winning it anyway? We've already won it. Um, same with the Carabao Cup, you know, there's a lot of argument about the fixture congestion being of less value than whether you get anywhere in it. Um, but given we've had a, a game postponed because of international call-ups and we've got nothing till Gillingham uh, two weeks after Portsmouth, uh, I think it was a welcome, you know, distraction and a, a, an option to get back on the bus, get focused and try and go back to how we were playing before Portsmouth. And I think we did a bit of that. I think we definitely did, and it was nice as well. We we had um we had quite a, a mixed team in tonight, and I'll quickly whiz through that that sort of formation that we had. So obviously, as Lee Burgeon goal, and then there was quite quite a mix of youngsters there. So there was um, Richardson, uh, Freddie Alves, Ollie Younger, and then Denver Hume making his first start of the season. Uh, Dan Neal, captain, uh, Harrison uh, Sonar, and then Ellis Taylor, Alex Pritchard, Aidan O'Brien. Behind uh, William Harris making a start up front, so uh, yes, yeah, quite a, it was quite an interesting team, wasn't it? it? It was a real change from what many would have expected, and certainly what I expected. Um, I thought we might have had Huggins in the back four because uh, he he didn't feature recently. Um, didn't see Sonna coming in, um, but uh, you know he he slotted in quite well. Um, I thought they might rest O'Brien because he's played a lot of football. Um, Pritchard needs the minutes, as we know. Uh, and a great chance for the likes of Harris and Taylor to to kind of make their mark um, in the in the Papa John's Trophy rounds, just to see if they can stake the claim. So yeah, very different from from what 
the first eleven I thought might be. I don't know if you disagree, uh, Brett, but it was yeah, it was quite a change, even though we were expecting change. Well, for me, I think this is this is what the ideal thing for this tournament is because it's it's one of those games where, as I say, I know we wanted to win because of because of the Peterborough game, but the tournament itself, I never want to see Sunderland lose, but. It's one of the games, if you do get knocked out of it, it's not the end of the world. And I do think this is the opportunity to blood those youngsters in. You know, we've got, we seem to have this, the, the league team, the league cup team, and then we've got the pizza trophy team. And I think that's what this is, you know, the, like I say, like Harris coming in, show we can do. I thought Ellis Taylor played well. I thought the, the lads at the back, Ollie Youngren, uh, Frederick Alves, I thought they played really well tonight. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there was a couple of occasions. I think Alves was stronger than younger, but then he's a fair bit older as well. I think mm. he's a bit more mature. There was a couple of occasions when Ollie Younger gave the ball away cheaply in the first half. Um, but, you know, he made up for that with some good play and some good strong tackles, as we come to expect from him, to be honest. You know, when he does play, he really gets stuck in. Um, so, yeah, good good performances front to back, I think, from the youngsters. Um, obviously, decorated in between with some of the senior pros uh, and a couple of them really shone tonight for me but we'll we'll come on to that as we go I'm sure. Well let's talk about those um those goals now there might have been a few people who um hadn't realized it was a seven o'clock kickoff um today um and they might have missed Dan Neal's uh cracker um after one minute and 30 seconds some of those people might have been doing the washing up um <laughs> and, and had a text from someone like Mal to say what a start and then realise that they've missed the start of the game like myself did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did catch up. What a goal though, Mal. Do you know what? I'll let you explain it because, you, you know, what yeah. a start by Dan Neal. It was, yeah. Um, maybe that confusion is why I think you mentioned the Peterborough game just now, mate, in, instead of a Portsmouth game. But maybe it's because I'm from Peterborough. But we'll let you off. Um, the washing ups clearly fuddled your mind a bit. No, it, it was, it was, a, it was a kind of, you know. Not nothing opportunity, but you know it was a bit of a decent build up. It was only eighty seconds into the game, um, and Aidan O'Brien forced the ball to the the kind of front left hand corner of the box, squared it for Dan Neal, and he hit the most beautiful peach with the outside of his right foot. So it was bending away from the goalkeeper into the top left hand corner, or the the goalkeeper's top left hand corner, you know the top right as you're looking at it. Um, I, I was up off my seat. I couldn't believe it. Um, not not just because of the way he took the shot, but the way he kind of crafted it into the top bins without even trying, you know. You could have had two goalies and the one that got close to it. So a great goal and a great start. I have to say the rest of the first half was very bitty for me, very hot and cold, you know, um, a bit wasteful in places. Pritchard was wasteful a couple of times, um, forcing it. Um, you know, Maguire had a couple of sniffs to try and get them back into it, so he did well to get through that phase. And Burge made a couple of good saves. Um, but yeah, that that um, for me, that and where O'Brien hit the woodwork in the top corner on the forty oddth minute were the only two real um, moments of quality in the first half. And and uh, Dan Neil, yeah, absolutely sublime. Really, really good to see him back on the pitch. I did. He did make it look effortlessly there, yeah. and you did mention there um, our old friend Chris Maguire. There was a, there was literally a three minute period where he had three shots that Burge, to be fair to him, did well to get. You know, he saved all of them, and you kind of had that hot. Whenever we play an like one of our ex players, especially someone like Maguire, you can just think he's going to score at some point against us, isn't he? But I say Burge stood up to the task. You know, at that moment, especially. 
Yeah, around 33, 34 minutes, he made two or three good saves. I mean, you could argue that none of them were, you know, real goal creeper extremity saves. You know, they were they were close to him, but they were bloody powerful shots. Um, before the game, when I saw um, Maguire's name on the sheet, I was actually more bothered about his potential shithousery against some of the youngsters we had in there, yeah. rather than, you know, because for us, he had a few... Chris's cameos, as as we sometimes used to call them, where he'd turn up for seven minutes, hit a couple of worldies, and then he'd do an out for another 93 minutes, you know, 90 minutes or whatever. Um, but, yeah, he, he, the shit really didn't work, you know. Um, the likes of Neil and others in the midfield made him look a bit stupid a couple of times, if I remember correctly, which was they quite did. nice to see. They yeah. did, and especially... I say after after that little, say, his few-minute cameo, by the end of it, because he came off around, that was about 65th minute, I think he came off, and there's a few times where like Dan O'Neill had turned him. I think um, Alves just made him look a bit silly, like like passing like around him. And it kind of felt like when when my I sort of was playing seven aside football, and I when I was like in my early thirties and didn't play for six months when my daughter was born. And when I came back, there was a lot of like nineteen year old lads who were just literally running it around me for fun. And I felt I felt for him then. This is he's just like an old man who can't keep up with these young kids, yeah. and they were making him look silly. And they, they I think they took him off for his own good in the end. If if anybody wanted to understand why Johnson, the coach, didn't re-sign him, that was a good demonstration precisely why. Because 100%. A, a more mobile, capable football in midfield, um, you know, they just they just made him look um not good enough for, for what our young second string midfield had to show. So, you know, he had a couple of good shots, as we said, and I wish him the best of luck. Um, but I think we made the right decision um rotating him out of the squad and getting some some higher quality midfield options in players. No, I definitely agree with you there, Malk. Definitely. Um, so into the second half again, it was it was weren't you know it wasn't full of action, but we had a little play where you know it was a good passing move sort of throughout the team. The ball goes out wide to uh, again to that man Dan Neal, floats a lovely ball in. O'Brien gets on the end of it, and then we're going well. Danny and uh, Frankie were calling it. We're saying it's Werner. Um, he basically bundled it in for his uh, for his first first goal on his debut. Absolutely delighted for the lad. Um, and it's there yeah, at that point it's Sunderland two um, well two nil up. So you know it's it's, it's good to see say these youngsters getting on the score sheet, Malk. It is, yeah. I mean Neil almost put young Harris through about ten minutes before that, but the goalie spread himself well and got a hand on the shot. So mm. you know Dan Neil was involved. Um, you know all the way through setting up. You know a, a couple of the youngsters. Um, but yeah, that that cross that came in, their goalkeeper was quite an inexperienced keeper, so you have to have a little bit of sympathy for him. I think he was eighteen or nineteen. The commentary team mentioned, um, he didn't clear it and weren you know he just bundled it in off his left shoulder blade, I think. Um, but they all count, and he'll, they all he'll count. he, he it won't care a shot career. right now, Malcolm. <laughs> absolutely, he'll, he'll be absolutely ecstatic about that. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the there were other chances, like we said, Harris had a one on one with a goalie, but he just kind of overstretched it a little bit. Um there's there's a lot of opportunities in the second half where again Pritchard I thought was a combination of a little bit greedy and a little bit overly ambitious with long range shots and that free kick that was more of a rugby union conversion. Um <laughs> so yeah, yeah. A a good a good second half and a, probably a bit more creative than the first half. Um, even though the quality of the goals was very different. Um, but, you know, the lads saw it out right to the final minutes before, um, you know, they they let a little bit of a consolation in, which was a shame. But, um, you know, 
it was a it was a good professional performance apart from that. Yeah, it would have been nice for Burge to um to to have kept that clean sheet, wouldn't it? It was um it was a shame for I don't think and I think again I think the guys touched it during the commentary. You can't really blame him for that. It was a thirty yard drive. Um, Montmers, you know, low for a row of bodies. No one's sort of blocked it, and it's gone in the bottom corner. So it's a shame for Burge, you know, because I thought he played played he had a decent enough game today. You know, he deserved a clean sheet, but. It is what it is. We've, we've, we're back on the um, on the bus with with three points in the uh, in the group stages. Yeah, yeah. I think it actually took a little nick, if I'm honest. It's hard to tell with the the quality of the single camera view from from the AFL guys, but I think it took a minor deflection, and and that's probably what wrong footed Birch. Um, but we'll we'll possibly never know. But yeah, he, he probably deserved the back four youth youths that we mentioned. And Burge, I think, did deserve a, a clean sheet, but you have to take those ones when they go in. Yeah, what to say in the back of the back four then? Um, I thought um, Denver Hume, well, I, I thought he started quite slowly, but he he kind of grew into the game. And I think for him especially, it's good to get get minutes in the legs. Um, it's going to be quite an interesting battle we've got at that, that left-back position um, going forward, isn't it? Yeah, he did grow into the game. I thought he was really quiet in the first half. There was a few mm. opportunities where... Instead of driving forward and putting it round his man and going for it, he he passed sideways or backwards. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed with him in the first half. You know, if we were doing player ratings, I wouldn't have given him a very good score for the first half. But in the second half, he had a bit more of a go. Started uh, doing his little jinking, cutting inside runs, um, and he created a few decent opportunities to drive up the pitch. So you know, and the fact that he did that in the second half when he's short on match minutes. Does suggest that maybe his fitness is already picking up, um, and he's you know he's getting back to close to full match fitness. Um, but he's going to have a job getting back in the team anyway. With the way Huggins and Sirkin are both playing, yeah, um, oh, Huggins definitely. can play either side. So yeah, you know, um, those those guys are going to take some dislodging. I think he's going to have to wait patiently for his turn, and then mm. obviously that we've got next week um, the fixture against uh, Man United's under twenty ones. Um, coming up, so obviously we've got a mixture of players away still international duty. Would you sort of pretty much keep the same sort of lineup next week? I like I liked your thinking earlier on, to be honest, Brett. Where we've kind of got a the first team for the league at the minute, and yeah, they had a bit of a brain fart on Saturday, but we've already put that behind us. Then we've got a team for the Carabao. Then we've got another team for the for the Papa John's. Um, I'd probably mix and match the teams between the two cup run out teams. Um because when, you know, it was Wigan that we paid in the in the Carabao last away, wasn't it? And we won that two yeah. nil away. That was a convincing performance as well. So I think the coach will just try and rotate and keep people happy while we've got the international break, nurse a few people back to um full fitness, um, get a few people more match minutes where they need them, like the likes of Hume and arguably Pritchard possibly does as well, um, and try and keep the winning spirit going because um, mm. confidence takes a big dent when you have a, a situation like we had in the last league game. But, you know, drawing a line under that with two cup cup games and cup wins, even though they're, they're not like the same first-team run-out, um, that's definitely going to help them to forget that and move on. No, definitely that now. I was going to ask you the question first about um, who your man of the match was going to be. And I think without a shadow of a doubt, I think everyone's going to say Dan Dan Neal. But it got me thinking during that second half where thinking more towards the league games and 
as I said, as we said before, and so so we got Dan Neal and this Evans or nine is really the two out three out of two for like for them two positions. You know, do you think because the O nine came on today and he's got injured again? Um, but do you think if all three fit, who would you play in that centre of the park? I would I would keep Neil in the team um for the next cup game that it's the Man U kids, isn't it? Um yeah. I would I would keep Neil in there, but I would try him maybe with Evans at least for half an hour or something. Because yeah. I th- I think Evans is the one shoe in for, for those three because of his composure at the back, just in front of the back four. Um and um, you know, see how Neil goes. Um Oh nine, bless him. You cut his arm and he bleeds red and white. But at the minute, we were saying before we came on air, weren't we, Brett? The guy, yeah. the guy looks like he's made out of the bloody tissue paper at the minute. He's if he's not repopping his shoulder out, he's getting a whack on the head, or he's looks like he got a big knee in the in the spine and the kidneys today. You know, so maybe he needs a bit of rest for his own medical recuperation. I don't know, but I um, think he does. Um, yeah. cause I think we're saying there when. Because at first, when he first went down, I thought it was his shoulder again. And my first thoughts were, why the hell is he playing in this game anyway? There's no need for him to be on. No need to even bring him on at 2-0 up for, for, for this sort of match. And then for him to get injured after minutes. And I, cause I, so I first thought it was his shoulder. But now so he came off and it looked like, say, like his kidneys, his rib kind of area. Yeah. Um, so I, just, actually, I, I agree with you, Mal. Just just give him a little bit of time to... Because I think he, I mean, O9's probably his own worst enemy where he wants to play all the time. And if the gaffer says... Are you fit to play? He'll say yes, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, I you agree. Know. I agree. You know. And it's to his credit, but so I think it's, it's, it's like he can be his own worst enemy on that on that sense. Yeah. To be fair, I think it was a foul. You know, the bloke went up into his back, leading with his knee. So, yeah. You know, but the ref didn't even blow it for a bloody foul. He didn't even stop it for a while, did he? I don't think. Um. So yeah. So you know, we might be, um, talking about the bloke getting injured when you know it was a bit of foul play against him. Um. But yeah. I didn't really see the sense in putting him in the position that the coach did. Uh, and then he gets another knock and you think, well, you know, does he just need to be rested and allowed to fully recuperate? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Malk, so I said, I think Dan O'Neill was my man in the match anyway today. Um, I don't think, arguably, there's no one else. Do it for yourself, though. Anyone else deserves a special mention on their performances? Um, I was chuffed for the two young lads, uh, Wern and Harris, you know, like we say, Harris had that little opportunity. Wern got his goal off his left bicep or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, Sonner looked decent in the middle next to Dan Neil. Obviously, you're not really going to look like a maestro like Neil is, um, but he was he was solid um, whilst unspectacular. But you know that's what you need with somebody partnering up with Dan Neil. Um, so that yeah, the honourable mentions for the kids um, definitely. Uh, Burge, like we said, nearly got a clean sheet. I think there was a probable deflection for that consolation goal. Uh, but yeah, for me, Dan Neil was was man of the match by a country mile. And even if you said who's the best player on the pitch, um, for both sides, you know, he was he was head and shoulders above everybody in a red and white shirt um, on the evening as well. Which I have to say was very confusing watching. <laughs> um, oh, my, my my daughter walked in actually when I was watching the match and she was like, Daddy, they're both playing Sunderland colours. Which one are you watching? <laughs> but yeah, you know, Dan Neil has reminded the coach that yeah. he shouldn't be dropped, both for his midfield maestroness, if that's even a word, and that sublime goal in the first couple of minutes. Um so let's see what the coach does 
to resolve um, the midfield decisions off the back of that because he's given them a lot of positive problems to take on. That's good. Well, Mark, that's we're about done here then. I can say uh, thank you very much for your time this evening. No, likewise, Brett. Yeah, cheers, mate. It's nice to, to see the lads chalk a win and forget about the past. I'm not even going to mention that. Horrible team down south again. No, and nice I, to chat I, to you, I, I, I'm not going to call him Peter again. That you kindly uh, <laughs> highlight. Thank, cheers for that, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah, so, no yeah, so, so, so get get your tickets booked for Wembley. Come in the final, late February, March, isn't it? I think so. Uh, yeah, we're going to win it again. But no, thank you for listening. Um, you can subscribe as always on Acast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, as well as get involved on Friday night with the Twitter live show. Um, so it's good to hear what people's views are. But thank you very much for listening. Cheers, guys. Well, I'm a golden idol, no. Well, I'm a hidden I'm searching all that always I am on my way. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.